0: This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Well, this is the final sermon in the Highlights in Genesis sermon series. I know you might need some Kleenexes out there. So, last Sunday we looked at the first part of the story of Joseph. Today we're going to be looking at the last part. Uh, Genesis chapter 42 to 50. uh, The story of Joseph is a story of forgiveness. Uh, Joseph is an example of someone who forgave. Now, we know that Jesus commands us to forgive. He says, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, then you must, what? Forgive him. You must forgive him. Now, there are many, many good reasons for Jesus to give us a command like that. Because Jesus knows that unforgiveness leads to chains. It leads to the chains of bitterness, anger, resentment, worry, on and on and on. It chains us. Yet forgiveness leads to freedom, and it certainly leads to healing. Forgiveness can not only lead unquestionably to spiritual, emotional, mental freedom, but forgiveness actually can lead to physical freedom and healing as well. According to the 2001 study on the Journal of Psychological Science, what they say is that people who do not forgive have higher facial muscle tension higher heart rates, higher blood pressure compared to those who forgive. Forgiving uh, helps your health across the board. It benefits your heart, your immune system, and your sleep. Forgiving gives you a longer lifespan. It helps you get out of the mode of anger. It can strengthen relationships. Being a forgiving person can protect you from long-term stress. But forgiveness can be one of the hardest things to do. Can I hear a groan out there? Or is it just me? Because when someone hurts you, you want them to be punished for their wrong. It's human nature. I've been hurt by the wrongdoings of people in my life, and where there is forgiveness, I have experienced freedom and healing. And where there are places of unforgiveness... I remain in chains, and I have had to and will continue to have to work on forgiveness. I have definitely been hurt by people's sin against me, but, and if I were to tell you some of my stories, I might even get a little sympathy from some of you, but if I were to hear some of your stories, I would feel ashamed that I said that I suffered at all. Most of us have or will suffer in some way from the result of another person's sin. The story of Joseph is a remarkable story of forgiveness. Joseph becomes our teacher. He teaches us about forgiveness. The story does not give us a simple three-step plan on how to forgive somebody. It doesn't do that. But Joseph is an example for us of someone who does forgive. And this story helps us see some of the signs of forgiveness. So let's learn together from Joseph about forgiveness. Sound good? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for calling us here today. And I pray, Lord, that you would fill us in a special way with your Holy Spirit. We know you're here with us, but fill us to hear to see this story, to see the signs of forgiveness, and that we would be teachable and teach our hearts, Lord, uh, to follow you in this command of forgiveness. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, all right, last week we looked at first part of the story of Joseph. And for those who are joining us just this week, I just want to share a few highlights from last week uh, to give you context so Joseph, so Jacob, Israel, loved his son Joseph more than all his other sons. And, of course, the brothers hated him for that. They were jealous. And Joseph made matters worse by sharing two dreams in which these wheat bundles of wheat and sun, moon, and stars were bowing down to him. And so his brothers hated him all the more for the, those dreams. So one day they plotted to kill him. They threw him into a pit. And they wanted to kill him, but he, one of his brothers suggested they sell him. And he, they did. They sell him as a slave to Egypt. So Joseph was sold as a slave to Potiphar, who was one of the officers of Pharaoh. And Potiphar, and while there, Potiphar's wife lied to her husband, falsely accusing Joseph of attempting to lie with her. And, of course, that resulted in his prison. So Joseph was then put into prison, which, uh, which resulted and Pharaoh sharing two of his dreams to, to Joseph. Joseph accurately interprets Pharaoh's dreams, and he said that the dreams are about a famine that's going to take place in seven years. So Joseph wisely creates a plan to survive the upcoming famine, and Joseph then was put in charge of all of Egypt. So those are the highlights in the first part of the story of Joseph. Now let's take a look at the last part So that we can, so it gives us context, and we can take a look at some of these scriptures on forgiveness. So Genesis forty-two. This is seven years later. Now, seven years later, the famine had begun. Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, and he told his sons to go down buy grain in Egypt so that they could survive the famine. Now, Joseph was the governor of Egypt. Uh, He was the one who sold the grain. And so his brothers come down there. They bow, they're always bowing before him, by the way, in fulfillment of his dreams. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but his brothers did not recognize him. So Joseph tests his brothers. When, when he first sees his brothers um, who sold him into slavery, he treated them like strangers. And he spoke roughly to them. And he accused them of being spies. It's on The, the picture's on the next slide. And he put them in custody for three days. So Joseph tested them uh, to see if they had changed. Uh, He says, if you're honest men, let one of your brothers stay in custody. And then you go back, you bring the grain to your father and bring your youngest brother back here. And then listen to what the brothers said. The brothers said this in Genesis 42, 21. In truth, we are what? So they admit concerning our brother, and that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us, and we would not listen to him when he was down in that pit. That is why this distress is come upon us. And Reuben said, did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? But you did not listen. So now here comes a reckoning for his blood. So they here are acknowledging their guilt and their sin against Joseph. Well, the brothers sometime later, Jacob told his sons to go and buy grain again, a second time. This time they bring presents and they double the money and they bring Benjamin. And Joseph tests his brothers again. This time he fills their sacks with grain and and money and he puts a silver cup, his silver cup, in Benjamin's sack. And Joseph commanded his steward to stop them and accuse them of doing evil for stealing his cup. And of course, they find the silver cup and that Joseph planted in the sack. And when Judah and the brothers were taken back to Joseph, Joseph threatened to take Benjamin as his servant for stealing the cup. And then now listen to this pivotal moment that leads into our scriptures today. Joseph says this: God has found out the what? The guilt of your servants. Now, Joseph, or sorry, Judah was the one who recommended they sell him into slavery in the first place. So then Judah does this incredible thing. He asks Joseph if he could take the place of Benjamin and be his servant. And now we are come to the scriptures that I want to focus on today. What does Joseph do? They admit their guilt. What does he do? We will see Joseph forgive his brothers. The story of Joseph is a story of forgiveness. And I'm going to point out five signs of forgiveness in this story that help us see if we're in the process of forgiving somebody. Five signs of forgiveness. Now, I want to make an important caveat. Some of these signs do not apply when the person who has wronged you is an unsafe person or could do further harm in your life. The example here... Joseph is forgiving his brothers who admit their guilt and their sin, and they're showing signs of repentance. So I do want to make that caveat that not all of these signs will apply with an unsafe person. Number one, the first sign of forgiveness is when we release the guilty from fear of retribution. So let's look at Joseph as our example. In this story, we see signs of Joseph releasing his brothers from fear. Remember, Judah just asked Joseph to take the place of his brother, Benjamin. So what does Joseph do? He finally reveals his identity. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? He hasn't seen him in over 20 years. But his brothers could not answer him, for they were what? Dismayed at his presence. This is a very powerful word in Hebrew. It means utter terror. They were horrified in his presence. This is the first time they see who he is. Why would they be terrified? Because they did evil against him. They did wrong things. They put him in a pit. They wanted to kill him. They hated him. They sold him into slavery. And they were terrified that he would punish them for the sin of selling him into slavery. But what does Joseph do? So Joseph said to his brothers, You get what you deserve. I gotta come near me, please. And they came near him. Unbelievable moment. The brothers were terrified. They were afraid of his retribution, of paybacks, and yet he draws close to them and they draw close to to him. And that's the first sign of forgiveness that we can know when we're in the process of forgiving someone, when we reassure the one who has sinned against us that they do not need to be afraid. When we release them from the fear of retribution when we release and free them from the fear of us getting back at them. That's the first sign. The second sign is that is when we release them from their guilt, from their distress and their anger. Because when we sin against someone, it causes problems in our life, guilt and stress and anger and worry. And it's important to remember forgiveness can be a long process this is 22 years after the brothers sold them into slavery. This is 22 years later. Joseph did not forgive his brothers right away. When they, he first saw them, he spoke harshly to them. He tested them twice. But let's look at Joseph as an example and see how he now persuades them to not feel this way about their sin. He says, and, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Notice he, does, he acknowledges the sin. He doesn't sweep it under the rug. And now, do not be what? And don't be what? With who? With yourself. That's what happens when we sin against another. Is we then in, turn, turn that back on ourselves. And that's what these brothers were living with. Because you sold me here. For Who? Did you, know, you, know, you sent me here you sent me look at what Joseph does this is unbelievable God sent me before you to preserve life for the famine has been in the land for these two years and there's yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest who sent me And God, he says yet again, and God, in verse 7, sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it is not you, my brothers, who sent me here, but who? Unbelievable. God has made me the father of Pharaoh, the lord of his house, and the ruler over all of Egypt. And that's the second sign of forgiveness. We can know we're in the process of forgiving someone who admits their guilt when we release them from the consequences of their guilt, when we set them free from the distress and worry of what they have done and the anger that they feel within themselves. That's the second sign. The third sign of forgiveness is when we show acts of kindness. Kindness. Again, this sign may not apply to an unsafe person, but Joseph here is forgiving someone who admits their guilt. And look at what Joseph does. Uh, He says, bring my father down, come down, and listen to what he says to them. There I will what? Provide for you. I'll provide for you. There's going to be another five years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty The third sign that Joseph was forgiving his brothers who wanted to kill him is that he provides for them. Jesus commands us, likewise, to love our enemies. You've heard it said, he he said, that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says, and he's quoting scripture there, but Jesus says, Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons and daughters of your Father who is in heaven. And then Paul echoes this teaching inspired by the story of Joseph. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, and this is the Old Testament, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says, says the Lord. To the contrary, and he's quoting Jesus here, it is your enemy, if your enemy is hungry, what? If he's thirsty, what? Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's the third sign of forgiveness. We can know we're in the process of forgiving someone who's admitted their sin when we show acts of grace for the one, the very one, who wronged us. When we bless them. When we pray for their good. For their good. Now the fourth sign of forgiveness. The fourth sign is when we show signs of a reconciled relationship. Again, this sign may not apply to an unsafe person. But let's look at Joseph as our example. After he releases the the, his brothers from fear of paybacks, after he releases them from their own guilt about what they did, After he promises to provide food and to care for them, provide for their good, he then shows signs of a reconciled relationship. Joseph has not seen his brothers in 20 years. And what does he do? He serves them food, they eat and they drink, and they have a really good time. And in uh, chapter 45, verse 15, it says that he kissed all his brothers and he wept on them. I love that. He wept on them. Buried his head in their necks and wept on them. That, after that, his brothers, what? Talked. They talked with one another. And that's the fourth sign we see. We can know we're in the process of forgiving someone who has committed something against us when we show these types of signs of reconciliation, when we eat together, talk together, give each other a hug. Husbands and wives do this all the time. Husbands and wives have to reconcile all the time, right? You all have perfect marriages out there, so I am... Just speaking, you know, to some of us out here. So, I mean, you cannot be married and never sin against each other. It's not possible. So marriage is one of the best places to practice forgiveness. And when your spouse admits that they've sinned and they've done wrong and they've apologized and they've committed to changing the hurt spouse can then know you're in the process of forgiving them when there are tangible signs of, of reconciliation. What would some of those signs be? You know, bring flowers. Go out to eat. Say, I love you. Say affirming words. Talk with one another. Show signs of affection. That's the fourth sign. Now the fifth and final sign, and this is the best one. One. The fifth sign of forgiveness is when we reassure the guilty of our forgiveness. When we reassure, let's look at how Joseph reassures his brothers now in the final chapter of Genesis. About, this is about 17 years have already passed, 17 years After Joseph brought his family to Egypt, after Jacob and Joseph were reunited, after Jacob blessed his sons, after the death and burial of his father, about 17 years have passed, and we see Joseph reassure his brothers again of his forgiveness. Now, look at this. I love this. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, I mean, think about the years later. It may be that Joseph will what? After all, they hated him. And and may what? Pay us back after all this time, after eating together, drinking together, being merry, it says in Hebrew. After all of this, after providing food, they're still in fear. Fear that he's going to hate them. Fear he's going to pay them back now that their protector, their father, is gone. When a person sins against us, it's natural human response to retaliate, to hate them, to pay them back for the wrong they did. So even though Joseph showed signs of forgiveness 17 years earlier, his brothers are still afraid. They still need him to reassure him. And so they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the trans- transgressions of your brothers and their sins because they did evil to you. And now the brothers finally again just ask directly, Please forgive the transgression of your servants, the God of your fathers. And Joseph broke down and weep, wept. He, he wept again and again throughout this. He wept. He poured out his his the, what he has been chained with and he begins to weep and he speaks to them. So here we see his brothers directly ask for forgiveness and Joseph reassures them they have nothing to fear. And his brothers also came and fell down just in fulfillment of his dreams, fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said this, Do not fear. Am I in the place of God? And he reassures his brothers and releases them from their fear. And he says this, one of the greatest lines in all of Scripture, As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph indeed saved many from starvation, from the, from the famine. And that would not have happened if his brothers, brothers had not hated him. If his brothers had not thrown him into a pit, if they had not sold him in, in, to Egypt, and if they had not lied to their father about it, evil things, but God worked in these things to bring about good. I think that's why Paul writes in Romans 8.28, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So Joseph reassures his brothers of his forgiveness. And when Joseph saw his brothers uh, for the first time, if you remember the first time he sees his brothers, he treated them like strangers and he spoke harshly to him. That's what he did at first. But now we see the signs of forgiveness at the end here. And Joseph, he comforted them and he spoke what? Kindly to them. He spoke kindly. And there, there we see a picture of, of forgiveness, of Joseph forgiving. Do you see what Joseph did? He reassures his brothers of his forgiveness. And that is the incredible story of Joseph. Now, this is an incredible story that points to some incredible news because the story of Joseph ultimately points to the story of Who? Jesus is the greater Joseph. For example, Joseph was stripped of his robe and thrown into a pit to be killed by his sinful Hebrew brothers. But Jesus was stripped of his robe, thrown on a cross, and was killed by his sinful Hebrew brothers. Joseph was sold into slavery, but Jesus saves us from slavery of sin. Joseph is the savior of Egypt. He saved people in Egypt from dying in the famine. But Jesus is the savior of the whole wide world. He has saved the whole world of sin and its consequences of death. God raised Joseph from the pit to the right hand of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. But God raised Jesus from the grave to the right hand of God, the eternal king of the universe. The story of Jesus is fundamentally a story of forgiveness. And Joseph's story of forgiveness ultimately points to the greatest story of forgiveness that has ever been told. The forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Jo- Joseph's brothers admit their guilt, and Joseph forgave them. But Jesus's Hebrew brothers, they never even admit their guilt. Yet, on the cross, he says, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Jesus forgives us. The ones who can't even admit our guilt. All of us. Joseph forgave his brothers of their sins against him. But Jesus forgives the whole world of all of our sins. The forgiveness of Joseph ultimately points to the greater forgiveness of Jesus. So hear this good news, friends. In Jesus, we have, past tense, forgiveness of sins. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins. sins. We are forgiven. That means that means that Jesus releases us from the fear of retribution. He releases. Me and us from our guilt and distress and our anger. He is releasing us and showing us acts of grace all the time, every day. He is showing us continuously signs of a reconciled relationship, and He is always reassuring us that we are forgiven. So, friends, maybe, just maybe, we, like Joseph, may one day just say they meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And all God's people said.